everyone, my name is Jamon McKinney, or you can just call me Juice, because that is my nickname. So the Raiders are officially leaving Oakland for Las Vegas. Ooh, that's pretty interesting right there. So we'll talk about the Las Vegas Raiders today. We'll give a record prediction for their team, and I'll tell you how many games they're going to win and lose, things of that nature. We'll preview the roster. Let's get right to it. So... I want to give Mike Mayock, their new general manager, and John Gruden some credit because they've done a very good job of accumulating a lot of good young talent. I think they've actually done a good, solid job of establishing a good foundation and culture with their good young players. You know, I was one of the people that criticized the Khalil Mack trade. And ultimately, I actually think it's worked out for the Raiders. I really do. Because, look, look, both sides, in my opinion, have won the trade up to this point. Both sides are winners. Now, while Chicago, you like to see them win a couple of playoff games with Khalil Mack. They have not won a playoff game ever since acquiring Khalil Mack. That is a little bit of a concern, you know. But ultimately, the Raiders, you know, they got a lot of very good draft picks for Khalil Mack. And they hit on a lot of those draft picks, you know. Drafting Josh Jacobs out of Alabama, who was excellent last season. Jonathan Abram, uh, Jonathan Abram, who is a very talented young safety who got hurt last year. But I, I think he has a lot of talent. Trayvon Mullen, he can play. Max Crosby was an absolute steal in the fourth round. He had 10 sacks last year as a rookie. Now, the Cleveland Farrell pick does bother me because it would be so much more intriguing and so much more joyful to watch this Raiders team knowing that they have maybe Josh Allen and Max Crosby, both opposite of each other, but they chose Cleveland Farrell. But hey, Cleveland Farrell, he's not a bad player. I just think that the Raiders, they could have had Josh Allen or a better player, but either way, it's whatever. Hunter Renfro, he can play. You know, he was second on the team in catches last year. And this year, they accumulated a lot, uh, some more young talent I like. Henry Ruggs out of Alabama, very good wide receiver. He's explosive. He was the most explosive player in the draft. Now, personally, I would have taken Jerry Judy because I think Jerry Judy is a better wide receiver than Henry Ruggs. But if that's John Gruden's guy, if that's who Mike Mayock likes, hey, I'm not going to knock the Raiders for that because they're picking the guys that they want to specifically fit their scheme. I cannot knock them for that. Also, you go out and get Damon Arnett, who to me, that actually was not a bad pick in my opinion. Everyone bashed that pick, and I really don't know why. Because when we look at things, in the 2020 NFL Draft, the consensus two best defensive backs were Jeffrey Okuda and C.J. Henderson. After that, there was no consensus on who was the next best defensive back. So taking Damon Arnett, who had a very good year at Ohio State, I'm not going to be mad at the Raiders for doing that. They also drafted another player. I like a lot. His name is Lim Bowden, who was pretty much, you know, a do-it-all, very good athlete at the University of Kentucky. Last year, he lined up as wide receiver, as a running back, and as a quarterback as well. He played some quarterback as well for Kentucky last year. He could be Taysom Hill plus for this Raiders team. He's very versatile. I like that draft pick right there. Also, they drafted um Brian Edwards out of South Carolina, big body wide receiver. That's a big-time target. And listen, As good as the Raiders' offense looked at times last year, they needed more explosive weapons on the outside because Derek Carr, outside of Darren Waller, 
he really had no one to stretch the field. While Terrell Williams and Hunter Renfro are good wide receivers, they don't stretch the field. These are good players, no doubt, but they don't keep defensive coordinators up at night. Henry Ruggs, he's going to keep defensive coordinators honest. You know, Brian Edwards, he has the opportunity to do the same things. These players that they've got, they're game changers. So I like the fact that they got Derek Carr some more weapons. And you notice a trend right here? Because I do. The Raiders, they pick guys in the draft that come from high-level profile championship-level programs. Guys that have come from Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. They care about guys that have played at big-time schools and played some big-time football. So that's the Raiders' model. They do not care about your draft board. They have a specific you know, model for how they're drafting players, and they have a specific agenda to go out and get players that fit their system. So I like what the Raiders are doing as far as building their team. But, you know, I have some concerns about the Raiders. You know, I really do, because – this is going. This is a very weird offseason for NFL players, especially young players that are rookies. And the Raiders, they're going to be relying on a lot of young players to make plays for them next year. And these guys are not going to have any preseason games. So I am a little bit lower on the Raiders just based off that. So that does concern me. But let's talk about Derek Carr. I do not personally know if Derek Carr is the long-term answer for the Raiders at quarterback. I need to see some special things from Derek Carr this year for me personally to be convinced that he's the guy going forward long-term, okay? I don't think John Gruden is in love with Derek Carr as a quarterback. There are some reports that if Kyler Murray were available to the Air, not the Arizona Cardinals, if he were available for the Raiders last year to draft, they would have taken Kyler Murray at number four overall, okay? But he wasn't there, so they stuck with, you know, getting some defensive help for their team. Derek Carr is a good, solid quarterback, but he's not special because when I evaluate quarterbacks, I look at this, okay? This, this, is, a tra- this is what I kind of look at when I totally evaluate a quarterback. How good are you at your best and how good are you at your worst? If you take away Derek Carr's best season, he's a below 500 quarterback. He's got five years of average football. Even if you take away his worst season, He's still got a below 500 record in those other four seasons. So Derek Carr, outside of being a one-hit wonder in 2016, when he was an MVP candidate, when he played like a top-five quarterback, he hasn't shown a lot of big-time flashes. Now, part of that is due to the fact that he's not had the greatest team around him, and also part of, and also part of the reason why that is is just because he's overall not all that great. He's good. He's accurate. You know, he can make some plays here and there off schedule, but there's nothing that wows you about Derek Carr. There's no defensive coordinator that goes into a game thinking, hey, man, oh, I'm so scared of Derek Carr. I guarantee if you put a lie detector to all these, you know, these defensive coordinators, if they tell you who's the most difficult quarterbacks to go up against, Derek Carr is not going to come up on that list. So this is a big year for Derek Carr, no doubt. Now, he did have a decent year last year, 21 touchdowns, only 8 interceptions, 70% completion percentage, and the team was 6-4 and four last year through 10 games. Now, they fell apart the final six games. They only won one of their last six games, but 
Derek Carr had a fairly decent season with John Gruden and the Raiders offense based on what he had to work with. But do not sleep on Marcus Mariota getting a real shot to be the starting quarterback with the Raiders. Now, personally, I'm not high on Mariota at all. I did not like Marcus Mariota as a prospect coming out of Oregon, and I felt that he was the problem for the Tennessee Titans for a very long time, and that was proven to be true because when Marcus Mariota got benched, we saw a guy in Ryan Tannehill that was basically a one-year wonder in Miami go to the AFC Championship game with that roster. I always said that Marcus Mariota was the problem. The Titans had good running backs. They had good wide receivers. They had a good offensive line. They had a solid defense and a good coaching staff. It was just Marcus Mariota was so bad that he was holding them back. But I will say, Mariota did take that team to the playoffs. He did win a playoff game. So Mariota's not awful, okay? He's a capable starting quarterback. He's a guy that can come in, if you give him protection, if you give him decent weapons, he can maybe win you some games. I do think that he fits the John Gruden offense, especially due to the fact that he can move around a little bit with his legs. So, Mariota's a guy to keep your eye on, but personally, I'm snoring on Mariota. That's just my opinion, though. Now, this team has a very good offensive line. You got saw a wide receiver, Darren Waller. He was a beast last year for this team. Josh Jacobs was very good last year. Not to mention you add Jason Witten. Like I said, we already talked about Henry Ruggs. We talked about the other wide receivers you added in the draft. This offense is not bad. This offense has some potential. However, I do sort of worry about the defense. I think the defense is about a year or two away from really popping. I believe the defense needs a couple extra parts for me to feel extremely good about it, you know? You're going to be relying on a lot of young players to make plays on this defense. Now, I like I like the Corey Littleton addition. I like the addition of Demarius Randall. But this team last year was 24th in points per game allowed. So, I don't expect this team to get much better defensively unless guys like Cleveland Farrell and, and Max Crosby take bigger steps. And not to mention, you do add Jonathan Abram to this to this um, defense, so this team could actually improve defensively. I just have to see it to believe it. But ultimately, I like this Raiders team. However, the record is not going to translate how I feel about this team. I believe this team has a chance to actually win eight games if things break their way. But I only have the Raiders winning five games. I think that eight wins is probably the max this year. I don't see them as a playoff team this year. On the surface. This is about a 6-8 to eight win team, but based on their schedule, it's really not giving me a lot of hope for this Raiders team. They did not get a scheduling break by the NFL schedule makers, so I only have the Raiders winning five games this year. And ultimately, it really comes down to the schedule, and it also comes down to the fact that they have the worst roster in this division. I'm sorry, the Chiefs are better as far as talent goes, the, the Broncos are more talented, and the Chargers are more talented. Now, let's dive into the schedule a little bit. This schedule is brutal. Now, the first four weeks, the schedule's actually not all that bad. At Carolina, you could actually win that game. New Orleans at home, I actually won't be shocked if the, if the Raiders win that game. Am I going to pick them to win the game? Probably not. But, but by the way, before I go on, this is not me. I'm not officially picking these games on the schedule. I'm just giving you a, a gauge of 
of how I feel about each game. I'll tell you who I kind of favor and who I don't favor in each game. I'm not predicting the win-loss record based on the schedule. I'll just tell you where I kind of maybe see some losses, okay? At Patriots, I think that's probably a loss. I think I think Cam Newton's going to do very well in New England. They're just a better team. They won 12 games last year. Buffalo at home, that's an interesting game because I do believe the Raiders can move the ball on the Bills' defense, even though Buffalo has a very good defense. I think Buffalo's better. I lean toward Buffalo, but you could pers- you could persuade me otherwise. At Chiefs, personally, I think you I think you honestly, well, I don't know. You have the potential to get swept by the Chiefs. Will it happen? I don't know. I'll just say for now, at Kansas City, that's a loss. By week, Tampa Bay at home. Tampa Bay is a better team than you, but I won't be shocked if you win that game. That's a toss-up. At Browns, probably a loss. At Chargers, I think you split with them this year. So that's a loss. You'll win one of those games. Broncos, you'll win one of those games. Chiefs after the Broncos game. That's probably honestly a loss. I I just don't see a scenario in which Oakland gets enough stops versus Kansas City to win. I don't think they'd be Kansas City this year. At Falcons, that could be a win, but I, I think that's probably a loss. I think Atlanta... Is just a little bit more of a complete football team than you guys. At Jets, I know you guys got smacked by them last year, but I actually could see you winning that game. Now, now the last four games of your season, these are all winnable games. Colts at home, Chargers at home, Dolphins at home, and at Broncos. Personally, I think you probably, you probably win two of those games, and you probably lose two of those games. But either way you slice it, I just don't get a great sense that this is quite the Raiders' year. They don't get a great scheduling break. They're in a very tough division. And ultimately, I don't know if I believe in Derek Carr. So that's how I feel about the Raiders. I believe they're going to win in five. Excuse me. I stumbled a little bit right there. I believe the Oakland Raiders are only going to win five games during the 2020 NFL season. But I do like the direction the Raiders are going in. And Raiders fans should be optimistic about the future.